Let's now prepare our hearts for worship. I'm going to read a passage from our scripture reading today. Luke 11, verses 9 and 10. I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Will you pray with me this morning? God, we've assembled as your people, each coming as unique individuals, but Lord, coming together to worship you as one body this morning. We dedicate this time to you, and may you have your way in our hearts and in our lives. As you have invited us to pray, we come asking. As you have invited us to pursue you and your will, we come seeking. As you have invited us into your presence, we come knocking. Bless each word spoken, each song sung. May it, bring, may it be pleasing to you this day. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. 
We had a, a wonderful, enthusiastic call to worship. Now let's see if we can match the energy level that the, the kids have shown as we sing our first hymn, Praise Him, Praise Him, hymn number 227. Please stand. ask all the children to come down front. We're going to switch sides here a little bit and have it from this side. Whoa, we got lots of children today. Awesome. Here we go. Come on. 
since we switched positions a little bit, I'm going to get a little bit of help here on the floor. So hold on just a minute. Okay, the scripture we've been using, Matthew 7, 7, and also comes from Luke eleven nine. So say I to you, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will open to you. And if you look, or if you've looked on your bulletin this morning, you see a door. And that could be a perfect symbol of what the scripture is. But what is even more important is that there's three words in that scripture. Ask, seek, and knock. And what I want you to remember is three letters. A, S, and K. Ask. All you have to do is ask. We've been talking about prayer and how much prayer is important and that we just need to talk to God just like I'm standing right here. Just talk to God. So all you have to do is ask God. Ask God what you need. Ask him what you need to help you. And then seek. Like the keyhole in the door, look and see what you can find. And then knock. Knock on God's door with your special prayer, and God will answer. But there's one thing you have to remember, and sometimes that's awfully hard. We have to be patient. Be patient with God, and when he is ready, he will answer our prayers. I heard a song the other day on the radio, and it was sort of like what we've been talking about, asking, seeking, and knocking. But the chorus of the song was, For our Father gives good things to all who ask. If you call, he will answer you. So this week, as you're remembering to say your simple prayer, just like you are, remember your three letters, A, S, S, and K. And today we want to say a special prayer because we're missing one of ours. We want to say a special prayer today for Becca. Because Becca's not with us today because she fell yesterday and she hurt her arm. So as we pray today, remember her and ask God to take care of Becca and her family as they go through this hard morning. Can we pray? Dear God, we thank you for this day. It is so special to be able to join up the children in the house of the Lord. It is so special to see smiling faces and to know that they are here to learn. Today, Lord, though, we lift one of these children up to you. We ask that you take care of Becca. Take care of her family. Give them peace. Give them the spirit that they know that you are with them. We lift them up. As we always do, we ask these things in your son's name, Jesus. Amen.
Thank you, children and families. I know there may be some other guests or family members here today, and uh, we appreciate you leading us in worship. You're not only singing, but you're also leading us in worship, so we want you to know that. So we thank you for doing that today, and we certainly do want to be in prayer, as Ellen said, for uh, one of the children who couldn't be here today, but Becca Champion, she fell yesterday riding a scooter in uh, Julie, her grandmother's driveway, and it was just a very bad break in her, in her upper arm and around her elbow, and so we want to pray for her and for her healing, but she is in surgery right now in Charlotte. She went to Shelby last night, and they decided that they wanted her, them to go to, to Charlotte, and so we want to be in prayer for them this morning. But before I pray this morning, since our emphasis is on prayer, but I want to do something a little bit different today. Um, Roger is going to play just uh, uh, a little, maybe not the, a, a rocking song, but just kind of play, you know, a, a little uh, tune for us. That, and, and I want us to spend a moment in prayer. And what I want us, what I want, would like for you to do is to lift up. You know, we all come in here with different needs and concerns. But what I would like for you to do is just to simply pray for the needs of the people who may be the person on your right, the person on your left the person behind you and the person in front of you. And we won't take too long to do this, but just a moment to do that. And then I will lead us in a prayer together. But I also want to remind you that there is a, uh, you see a responsive reading in your bulletin. So as we begin to pray, have your bulletin handy. And I will read the, what's in the light print. And then to conclude the prayer, I invite you to read this responsive reading with me if you will read what is in the uh, bold print in that responsive reading. So just have a moment of prayer, then I will lead us in a prayer and we will close with the responsive reading in your bulletin this morning. Let's pray together. God, how good it is to know that we can talk like a friend would talk to a friend with the one who created us, created this universe, who hung the stars and filled the ocean. Father, that we can talk to you as we would a friend, as we would a brother or sister or a parent. Lord, we're thankful for that privilege. And Father, help us to never take it for granted. Lord, we come to you today and give you praise, Lord, for this church, give you praise, Lord, for our children. Uh, we thank, we're thankful, Lord, for them and for their families. We're thankful for the gift of music. Lord, we lift up this service to you today, asking that you would speak as we have asked, as we have seeked, or have sought you, as we have um, knocked on, on your door today, Father. We pray that your presence, that we would be ushered into that presence as one would be welcomed into a home. Lord, maybe we know that we are welcomed into your presence. We thank you for Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross and his death, his resurrection. 
Because of that, we meet together, and we do not meet in vain. But Lord, we know that your presence is here. Where two or three are gathered, you are here in our midst. Father, we pray today for Becca Champion. We pray for healing for her arm. We pray for wisdom and doctors and nurses as they um, uh, heal and go about taking care of this this morning. We just pray for them that you would guide their thoughts and their hands. We pray for her family that they would know this morning that they are thought of, that they are prayed for, and that they are loved. Father, we thank you for all the wonderful things that you're doing here at Bowling Springs Baptist Church. We're thankful for how you're moving among our people. We're thankful for this community in which we live. We ask for your blessings on it, Lord, for each uh, member, each family. We are thankful for um, Garden Web University, and we ask for your blessing on it this morning as well. Father, we lift up many of the concerns that are in our world today. We do pray for those who are continuing to struggle with floods and, and recovering from damage caused by excessive rain. We pray that you would help these families that need this. We pray for those communities in which violence is very prevalent. We pray, Lord, for peace. We pray for wisdom and protection on behalf of the officers and people who are um, uh, in these communities. Lord, we pray for our world today and the many conflicts that rage, Lord, maybe in our own homeland or overseas. We pray, Lord, for peace. We pray for wisdom for leaders as they seek direction in how to bring about this peace. Father, still our hearts and our minds and speak to us today about the topic of prayer. And Lord, as the disciples came to you and asked, may we also ask, Lord, teach us to pray. Father, we know that you said, ask and it will be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be open for you. Lord, as we search now, let us find you. As we knock, open the door to us. Let us know you that we may praise you and love you that we may serve you. In Jesus' name, all of God's people said, amen.
Let us pray. Dear Lord, we do thank you for this day, and we thank you for all the many blessings you have given each of us. As we take this time in our service to give back a portion of what you have blessed us with, we pray that you would take these tithes and offerings and use them to glorify your name. It's in these things in your name that we pray. Amen.
praying the Lord's Prayer with me this morning, let's pray together. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. have your Bibles this morning, I would invite you to turn with me to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11, and we'll be looking at verses 1 through 13 here in just one moment. And I first want to thank all those who have led us in worship today, from uh, Teresa and Sandy and June and Roger and Linda and Cheryl, the choir, and if I'm missing Ellen, thank you, if I'm missing Cliff, if I'm missing anyone, I'm sorry. Uh, but uh, I am excited to be in this place today, and it's exciting to, to lead and to pastor a church uh, with such wonderful musicians and, uh, and, and talent that is uh, present, uh, not just upcoming talent, but talent that is present now in our children. So children, thank you for leading us this morning. We'll be looking at Luke 11, 1 through 13. We looked at prayer last week and looking at it again this week. Next week, we'll be talking more about uh, study, uh, Bible study, and uh, there are different resources, not only, of, of course, starting with our scripture, but other tools and resources that we can use as we seek to grow closer in our relationship with God. Let's look this morning at Luke 11, beginning at verse 1. I appreciate the choir song, and it was echoed here, as you'll see in verse 1. It happened that while Jesus was praying in a certain place, that after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John also taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins as we ourselves also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Lead us not into temptation. Then he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me from a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And from inside he answers and says, do not bother me. The door has already been shut, and my children and I are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you that even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet, because of his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Now suppose one of you um, fathers is asked by his son for a fish. He will not give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? Or if he is asked for an egg, will he not give him a scorpion, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your, he will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Father, I pray that the words of my mouth... The meditation of my heart would be acceptable 
in your sight. Lord, bless the reading and the preaching of your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I heard the story recently of a man who took his small son with him to run some Saturday morning errands. And while they were out, it came time for lunch, and the father and the young son went to a local diner. And uh, the little boy was young, and so the father helped him up onto the stool there at the diner. And they, when their lunch came, the father looked at the little boy and said, uh, Son, we're just going to say a silent prayer today. And so the dad closed, bowed his head and prayed, and, and he was finished. And he looked over, and the young little boy was still praying for a long time. And finally, when the little boy raised his head, the, the dad said, Son, he said, What were you praying about all that time? And the little boy said, How do I know it was a silent prayer? The opposite, the opposite of a silent prayer is a prayer in which we cry out. If you're like me, you've had both of those types of prayers. You've had the quiet, subtle prayer, but then you have had the prayers where you're trying to pull down all the forces and the power from Almighty God that you can pull down, whether it's for a loved one in need, for a spouse, a child, for a situation within our world today. But the opposite of a silent prayer is one where we cry out. I heard the story of a young family that was at a pool one day, and all the, uh, the noise that you would associate with that was, was apparent. There were whistles blowing from the lifeguards. There was water splashing. There was music playing. There were kids screaming and talking and parents dialoguing. And there was a lot of commotion going on. And uh, the, the wife shushed the husband, the father, and said, shh. And he, he said, what? She said, shh. And she listened in the midst of all the noise she could hear her daughter screaming, and she said, okay, that's a good scream, and we're okay. And the point of that story is in the midst of all the noise, in the midst of all that the mother and the daughter had such a relationship, and as many of you mothers out there do, you, when your child has screamed in the past or screams now, you can recognize, and I have, we, we do that in our own house, if Aiden's being, being loud, and we'll, we'll know immediately if that's a good scream or a bad screen. And I think it's indicative of the relationship between the mother and the daughter at the pool. It is, I believe, God's desire that we have that same relationship with him. That uh, when, when we cry out, the communication has been strong between us, and we know when God is speaking, and we know when he's leading us. We know when he is moving us to move in a certain direction. Last week, we looked at one point, and so I'm going to make up for that today with, with several, um, and we'll be out of here before one, I promise. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but last week, we looked at prayer is honest communication. We talked about the fact that, you know, God wants to talk with us. Uh, we need to talk with him uh, just like we would talk with, um, with our friends. And I say that God is holy. He's sovereign. He's on his throne. Um, at the same time, we need to remember who he is. But at the same time, he wants us to come as honestly and sincerely as we can come, share, him, share things with him that we would share with no one else, and speak honestly about our lives and what's going on in our lives as we may not to, to anyone else. Luke 11.1, 1, the disciples recognize where Jesus' strength comes from. And so they ask him, Lord, teach us to pray. Further study this week in the Greek, there is uh, an urgent, an urgency in this request. It may, it may say, teach us now to pray, or teach us to pray now. That, and why now? The disciples have been traveling with Jesus for some time. Why did they just now ask Jesus, teach us to pray now? They had been with him for some time. Some of us shy away from asking the tough questions. 
um, about things that are most important in life. Maybe we're intimidated. Maybe disciples were no different. Maybe their observation had finally led them to realize there's something special about this time Jesus has with the Father. Verses 2 through 4 parallel what we, many of you know, what we just prayed there in the, the longer version in Matthew chapter 6 um, of the Lord's Prayer. In Luke 11, 1, we have the disciples asking Jesus for instruction on how to pray. And here in verses 2 through 4, Jesus responds. I, I agree with someone that I read this week. I don't think, I, I, I don't, I don't, I agree with someone I read this week in that I do not believe Jesus would have given the disciples this prayer if they haven't asked him to. And the reason I say that is I don't believe it was Jesus' intention to teach his disciples a rote prayer. We don't have a lot of this in the scripture. I don't believe he was suggesting these exact words, but I, I do think he was giving an example of a pattern with certain elements to be included in our prayers. Sometimes though, I want to admit when the words can't come to me, I will pray the Lord's Prayer. In the midst of these words, in the midst of this pattern, in the midst of this example that our Lord has given us to pray, I often begin to find the words as I begin to reflect on the pattern, on the elements that are included within the Lord's Prayer, I begin to find words to express my own personal prayer to the Lord. I do not think that the Lord wanted us only to pray these words, but I do think the Lord wants us to keep the elements and the ingredients of this Lord's prayer of this Lord's prayer in the midst of our prayers as we pray. As we think about prayer is, prayer last week we looked at honest communication. I want to begin by saying that prayer is persistence. Prayer is persistence. And we see this in verses 5 through 8 with the one coming to the, to the house of, a, of a neighbor, the neighbor saying that I have some friends that have come in. It's about midnight. Uh, can you please give me something to eat? This is not a story about the nature of God. I want to be very clear about that. God is not in bed with his children asleep and reluctant to answer our prayers. That is not the case. Jesus is saying, approach God boldly and repeatedly without giving up. Most likely during this day, it was a one-room home, and to awaken the, the neighbor to help with food for the stranger that has come into town would meant that he would most likely have had to awaken his entire family, as they would have been in one room sleeping together. Although the continual knocking would have also caused neighbors to wake up. So I love verse uh, 8. It says, I tell you that even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, but because of his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Jesus taught that we should always pray and not give up. If you look over, I'll, I'll read it for us quickly. But in Luke 18, uh, it's another great example of the persistent story of the widow and the judge. But at the, but at, but at the beginning of Luke 18, he says this. Um, he encourages us at all times they ought to pray and not lose heart. Jesus taught that we should always pray and not get up, not because God is hard of hearing and not because God needs to be pestered into answering our request, not because God doesn't want to answer us, but God wants to strengthen and deepen his relationship with us. And there may be lessons to be taught along the way. Similar, again, to the persistent widow in Luke 18, God is a counterexample to the judge here. If you read Luke 18, 1 through 8, you hear of the judge and the lady coming to the judge, uh, you know, uh, consistently. If the insensitive judge will respond to the continual request of a widow, how much more will God respond to the persistent prayers of the believer? 
I don't believe we should just pray and give up. But sometimes along the way, along the pathway of praying for whatever need it may be, many of you have been praying for something for years. Some of you have done that and you've seen those answers. And you've learned things along the way. And others of us are continuing to pray. We have a request and a need that is ever before us. And I want to encourage you to pray and not give up, as the Lord has challenged us to do. So praying is persistence. Praying is also, uh, pray, prayer is also praying with a spirit of boldness. If you notice in verses 5 through 8, the one asking for food in the middle of the night takes boldness. I have not yet done that to anyone in Bowling Springs. Um, normally I can find something. It may not be something that I like, but, um, you know, to show up someone's house at midnight and to, to ask for something to eat takes boldness. He had to know that his family was asleep and that his knocking eventually could, could wake others up if he continued. Verse 9, Jesus says regarding prayer to ask, to seek, and to knock. And that's exactly what this traveler was doing. In asking Jesus, in asking, Jesus invites us to pray. In seeking, he invites us to pursue him and his will. And in knocking, we have the idea of coming into one's presence. Prayer is praying with a spirit of boldness. Prayer is also praying with a spirit of expectancy. With a spirit of expectancy. If you notice in verse 10 through 13, we go into another story, a teaching of Jesus, where he talks about the child. Or down in verse 11, suppose one of you fathers is asked by his son for a fish. He will not give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? Or if he has asked for an egg, will not give him a scorpion, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your, he will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? We expect answers and miracles because of the nature of the one to whom we pray. If our earthly fathers want to give us whatever we ask for, how much more does God want to give you and I the desires of our heart? Prayer is praying with a spirit of expectancy. Do you expect God to do anything when you pray? Prayer is also continuous communication. We're stepping outside of the passage in Luke, but in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, Paul encourages us to pray without ceasing. The message, Eugene, Pearson, uh, Eugene Peterson's paraphrase of this says, pray all the time. I had a friend in college here at Garden Web that exemplified this. I would see him on a mission trip on the bus or in the car or wherever it may be, just saying a quick prayer, just, just uh, you know, and, and it may be, I say that, I saw him visibly, uh, but many of you may have the habit of, or the, uh, I hate to say habit, the, uh, the discipline of, of having these prayers. It may be in the car. A lot of times, especially with traffic, you know, maybe we have to confess we said something we shouldn't have because of something that just happened in front of us. But, but to pray continually, what does that mean and what does that look like? To pray in the car, to pray at home, uh, to pray for our son when I just dropped him off for school or if I just getting ready to pick him up from school and the events that will take place as throughout this afternoon and evening. But Paul encourages us to pray this continuous communication. I think the call to pray without ceasing is closer to what Jesus taught his disciples. In Luke 18, 1, again, he said to pray and to not give up. And this praying is not necessarily 24-7, but it's tenacious is the word I would want to use. It keeps coming back to the Father again and again and again with the same concern as long as that concern seems unresolved. The opposite would be simply to pray and quit. We've had prayers like that at times, and sometimes we can pray one time and God answers the prayer. And sometimes that prayer, again, needs to be continual. Prayer is not about what we want and how to get God to give it to us, 
But prayer is about knowing the God who already knows our needs and discovering his will and aligning ourselves with his will for us. Prayer is also the antidote to worry. Prayer is also the antidote to worry. In Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, Paul writes, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know, the beginning of that passage I'll back up says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication. These are anxious days in which we live. We are anxious about our children. We're anxious about marriages. We're anxious about our community and about our world, about enough, about jobs, about job security. These are anxious days in which we live. If we don't learn to deal with it, it can cause all sorts of health problems. Jesus said to those who follow him in John 14, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. I want to encourage you this morning to talk to God about your anxieties. I do think there's a sense of responsibility and a sound mind that the Lord has given us to seek out solutions to our problems today and to our anxieties today. But at the same time, the Lord has asked of us to cast our anxieties upon him. And what are the results of doing that? Paul said the peace of God which surpasses all comprehensions, comprehension will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Prayer is also a game changer. Many of you have experienced this in your own lives and could give testimony if we had that time and opportunity this morning. Prayer is also a game changer. Jeremiah 33, 3, Jeremiah wrote, Call to me and I will answer you, and I will tell you great and mighty things that you do not know. Prayer can take a relationship that's headed in one direction and begin to turn it around and move it in the opposite direction. It can take a relationship between a husband and wife and bring about um, refreshment and renewal in something that may be broken. It can take a relationship with children. It can take a relationship with friend or coworkers or a boss, whoever it may be. But prayer can be and certainly is a game changer. It, God may change the situation or he may change us in the midst of that situation. I love the, uh, the, the, the photograph, the painting. Many of you may have seen this before of the one who's holding the lighthouse and the waves, the storm, the winds and the waves are going wild, but yet he's anchored. He's holding on to the lighthouse. And I, I think about that when I think about this in reference to prayer. Is that sometimes God calms the waves and he calms the storm and sometimes he calms the child. Sometimes he calms us in the midst of the waves, in the midst of the storm. But yet... Let us continue to ask, let us continue to seek, let us continue to knock. Prayer is also one of the best ways to help us love more. I referenced this last week, and I want to spend just a moment on this this morning, but let me ask you this question. Again, prayer is one of the best ways to help us love more. Let me ask you a question. Who do you pray for the most? Would it not be the ones that you love, the ones closest to you? I would venture to say that that's the case. Those who you love the most, our prayers for those we care the most about, lead us to do more for them. The, the opposite is also true. By loving others, if you want to increase your prayer life, begin to love others more. By loving others more, we begin to pray for them more. The two are strongly connected. If you want to increase your prayer life, 
Increase your love life. If you want to increase your love life, increase your prayer life. The two will go hand in hand. I say that, and I can give an example. When a trip, when a, when a youth group or a church begins to adopt a people group to pray for, or they begin to adopt a city in which to minister, in which to uh, expand uh, you know, God's presence within this city, in this community, what do we begin to do? We begin to pray for this community. We begin to try to understand the people. We begin to try to relate to the people. We begin to try to figure out what are the ways that we can show God's love to these people. And as we pray for these people, we begin to love actively these people. And sometimes it's the other way around. Sometimes we may not feel led to pray for these people. We're not yet burdened and compassionate about these people. So what do we do? We begin to act. We begin to do something. We may go on a trip, but yet when we come home, we find ourselves continually praying for these people continually praying for this city and for this situation in which the Lord has allowed us to experience. Ephesians 3, 14 through 20, which we do not have time to go into this morning, talks a little bit about this prayer life and love life. If we increase our love life, we're going to be increasing our prayer life. If we increase our prayers for certain people, we're going to be increasing the things that God would have us to do for them. Which leads us to our last point. Prayer is an element of our faith that leads us to action. Prayer is an element of our faith that leads us to action. I think it may have been Dr. Jack Partain, who um, uh, was one of my professors at Gardner-Webb, who I remember clearly one, one day when I may have been a missions class that I was taking from him, began to talk about an experience that he had back many years ago when he was living in, uh, in a dorm setting in a community. And I think this, he spent some time in Texas, I believe. Is that right? Texas? And um, it was, I think it was near the city of Waco, it may have been. Um, and he talked about a friend of his who was always praying. There a storm had happened and come through and obliterated the, the town, a thunderstorm or tornado or something. And he was in his room praying and in his room praying and in his room praying all the time. And he finally said, maybe God's leading you to go do something. It's time for us to go and, and do something. I think our prayers, again, will lead us to action. Some people will, will act and then pray. And then some of us will pray, 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 and then we'll finally act. But again, prayer is an element of our faith that leads us to action. Shane Claiborne, Shane Claiborne and Jonathan Wilson Hartgrove say, the beautiful mystery about prayer is that we have a God who chooses to need us. I had this on my Facebook post a few weeks ago, and I received numerous responses from people who liked that phrase and some who did not. And let me say it again. Um, the beautiful mystery about prayer is that we have a God who chooses to need us. I would like to substitute the word include for need. We have a God who chooses to include us in his work. Could God solve these problems and these issues of which we pray for? Sure. But many times God has a plan for us in the midst of this answer to the prayer. They also say in this, in this book, we have a, a God who doesn't want to change the world without us. We have a God who doesn't want to change the world without us. I love that. Prayer is risky. And as we pray, God may very well invite you to play a role in the answer to your prayer. Prayer. Instead of praying, God bless Bowling Springs Baptist Church, an element of your prayer could be, God, if there is a way that you can use me to further your kingdom here through Bowling, Bowling Springs Baptist Church, if you can use me to help in Sunday school or uh, before church, after church, maybe with cleaning the facility, with doing something here at Bowling Springs Baptist Church, let me know what that is. Because God, I'm ready and willing and available to be used of you to advance your kingdom through Bowling Springs Baptist Church. I think about with our new position of children's minister and our hopefully soon position of youth minister. Instead of praying for our children in our church and for our youth in our church and just praying for them, 
What about praying, saying, God, if there is a way that you can use me to help these children grow in their faith, if there is something that I can do to help them, God, let me know what that is. We need to pray for our children. We need to pray for our youth and that God would intervene in in their parents' lives and their lives and help them to know God and grow in their relationship with God. But I think it would also be beneficial for us to pray, God, what can I do to help our children and to help our youth grow in their relationship with you? Shane Claiborne also tells the story of his uncle and grandfather. and He was raised in East Tennessee, and he tells the story of how uh, they were farmers, and one day uh, his uncle and grandfather uh, did a lot of work on the farm together and how they loved to buy new equipment. And they bought this new, nice pickup truck and trailer to match. So they had finished taking care of the hay in the fields, and they loaded these trailers to the hilt with the hay bales. I mean, they put every, you know, every inch of that trailer had hay on it, and then there was hay stacked up as high as they could stack it. And so they were so proud of their new truck and trailer and all this hay that they were transporting. And so they had begin to head down the interstate in East Tennessee. But what they didn't realize is that the hay was rubbing the rubber on a tire. And as friction can often do, it can lead to a spark, and it led to a spark which led to one hay bale catching on fire, which laid, led to another hay bale catching on fire. And as they're going down the road, they see people waving at them, trying to get their attention, and so they're waving back, you know, hey, how you doing? And so they're waving back. Well, before they know it, finally they realize what's going on, and so they stop. But when they stop, they realize that the fire is getting closer again to that new truck. And so they get back in the car and floor it and start heading back down the road. And so much after the reporters later said it looked like a comet going down the interstate with all this bright hay on fire. And so the hay started falling off the truck and started falling off on the side of the road and uh, causing wildfires. And so they called in every fire department in that county and surrounding counties to help put out the fire. And in the report, after everything was said and done with, Uh, somebody said, we were wondering what in the world just went through here? What in the world just went through here? And I want to challenge you this morning, as we seek to be people of prayer, as we seek uh, to to know God and to make him known in our community and in our lives, our families, and in our world today, may we be ablaze for him. And may we shed his light and his love with people. And may, when that time comes for us, and we're with our Lord in heaven, and people are talking about our lives, may they say, just like the one who said about this article, may they ask, what in the world just went through here? May your life and my life be that ablaze, ablaze for God, ablaze for his glory, ablaze for his, for his kingdom. And may you and I be open to how the Lord would want to use us, want to use us here at Bowling Springs Baptist, want to use you and your own families, use you in your workplace and in your community. And may we be faithful in our asking, in our seeking, in our knocking. I confess that as your pastor, I still have a lot to learn about prayer. I joined with the disciples this morning in Luke 11.1 when they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Father, we thank you for the gift of prayer. We thank you for the wonderful privilege it is to come to the God of the universe who created everything that we see and enjoy. We thank you for friends and relationships. We thank you for creation, just the beautiful things that we can enjoy, for the fall leaves that you've given us. Father, we confess that there's so much that we have yet to learn. Lord, we confess that we've studied prayer, we've talked about prayer, we've read scripture verses on prayer, not only this morning, but many in this place throughout our lives. And Lord, we still struggle. So, Father, meet us today at the point of our struggle. Lord, teach us as you taught the disciples. Remind us of the elements that are included within the Lord's Prayer. Help us to pray with persistence. 
Help us to pray with, Lord, that continual, honest communication with you, crying out to you. Lord, as we've looked at silent prayers, we've talked about the prayers that cry out. Father, we pray that you would hear us in the midst of our cries this morning as we come asking and seeking and knocking. Father, we ask for your blessings on this community. Lord, I pray that uh, each of us in this place would seek to grow closer in our relationships with you as we knock on your door. Father, I pray for the community that is yet to maybe enter into a personal relationship with you. I pray, Lord, that you would create a fire within our hearts that first starts with prayer, but then, Lord, leads us to act on behalf of those, Lord, who do not yet know you. Father, create that fire and stir that fire within us, Lord, this morning so that we may be ablaze for you. And so that when we are gone and when our lives have passed, others may ask, what in the world just went through here? Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for meeting with us today. Have your will and your way during this time. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're here today and you need to pray about something, the altar is open. Um, I would love to pray with you. If you're here today and would desire membership at Bowling Springs Baptist, we would love to talk with you more about that. Let's stand and sing. Number 450. Please stand.
our benediction and closing prayer and a very short business conference, I would like for us to do one thing, Linda and Roger. Well, Roger, you may not be needed for this, but let's sing the chorus of that last hymn together. Uh, acapella, I guess that would be the right way to say it, without music. And if you, can, if you can begin leading us, Linda, then we'll just sing it without the music, just the chorus of I Need Thee Every Hour. in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for the wonderful privilege that it is to seek your face in prayer. And Lord, help us to leave this place in a spirit of prayer. And we'll uh, look forward to gathering again next week. Father, thank you for your goodness towards us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.